want to take you tonight to the book of Luke chapter 11. While here last night in prayer, the Lord began to speak to me from this particular passage of Scripture. It is not something that you are unfamiliar with, but I do believe it speaks a very powerful message that I have felt the Spirit stirring in my own heart for Greater Life Church. I sense that this is the Spirit's message for Greater Life Church in this critical hour in which we live. I'm going to begin reading at the fifth verse, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It should be upon the screen that you're watching. But read with me, if you will. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night And my family and I are in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you, verse 8 says, though he won't do it for his friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatsoever you need because of your shameless persistence and so I tell you keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for keep on seeking and you will find keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives everyone who seeks finds and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Tonight, for just a few moments, I want to speak to you from this subject. The opportunity in importunity. Last night, while we were here in prayer, I felt such a deep stirring in the Holy Ghost. There was quite a prayer going up in this building and as we were praying, I sensed the Lord wanting to speak to me personally and I tried to get myself in the place where I could hear what he had to say and it was to this story that he took me in scripture and what captured my mind and my thinking immediately was that it took place at midnight. Midnight is that hour that is difficult for all and everyone. It's the middle of the night. And we know that when you're in the middle of anything, that is always the hardest part. It's the hardest time. It is that time in between and uh, and so often we find ourselves in moments like that, that midnight hour. And then when you look in Scripture, you find that 
many important things happen at the midnight hour. Scripture said in Acts that it was at midnight that Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. It was at midnight that the cry came forth, Go ye out to meet him, for the bridegroom had come. Why does the Lord fix upon this midnight hour for his telling of this story? Why is it set in those parameters? I believe this is what the Spirit spoke to me because he wanted us to know that the hour does not determine the work, but the need of the hour should be what determines the action. God is ready to hear us. It doesn't matter what time of the day or hour it is. God wants to help us at any time. Whatever that hour may be, whether it is morning, noon, or night, or as it is for us now in this seeming midnight hour of time before his coming, I am telling you right now that as the pastor of this church, I believe that our time spent in this crucial moment should not be just focused on the hour, but we should be absorbed by the needs of the hour in which we live. It was the urgency of the hour that spoke to me. The hour called forth action. The hour called forth determination. The need cried for certain decision. The need cried for certain choices and moves and cries and prayers and praise. And if there is anything that I could say to Greater Life Church tonight, it would be we need to get our ear tuned to the cry of this hour, the need of this hour. It is midnight, but I am not afraid of the night when I know who rules the night, when I know who rules the hour, and I am here to tell you that time does not matter with him, but it is the need of that hour that is most important to him. In this 11th chapter of the book of Luke, Jesus begins with the wonderful teachings that the disciples had asked of him concerning their desire to be taught to pray, teach us as John taught his disciples and he gives them the wonderful prayer that we know as the Lord's prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We prayed that every service when Brother Spears was with us. It moved me when I was reminded that that is one of the priorities of prayer because it focuses your mind upon the right things. It puts your spirit in the right atmosphere and it focuses you on the right things so that prayer can become powerful. And then if you read on through, you will find that he concludes this chapter with what I consider 
to be the Magna Carta of prayer. He said, ask and it shall be given thee. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. And it was in between this Lord's prayer and this Magna Carta of prayer that he sandwiches this story. And when you read it, it is so important that you and I do not read this story with the wrong idea in mind. It is critical to you and I that we understand that this is not a story about a man and his friend. I cannot emphasize that enough. You say, Brother Hughes, but that's what the story talks about. The man and his friend. I understand, but those are incidental. Unfortunately, when you read the story and you make it about the man and his friend, then it becomes hard to explain. If, if you are the man and the friend is God, then we're trying to overcome God's reluctance. That is not the point of the story. This is not a story or an illustration about God responding to a need for the sake of his own honor. This illustration is not about a friend that has the friend in the house that has his family gathered around him and they are all asleep. What the story is about is a man with a need at a door. It's about the man at the door. It's a story about a man and his need. It's about a man with a need that must be met. And he must have an answer. He must have some kind of resolution. And when you read the story, the teaching of the story underscores the actions of the one that is making the request. Because the operative word throughout the passage is you. Suppose any one of you would do this. You go to him at midnight. You say to him, because a friend is come to my house, I have nothing to offer him. This man who stood at the door that night was standing there because of a pressing need. And it didn't matter the inconvenience. It didn't matter the, uh, uh, the other protocols that might have been broken. It was customary in that day that in the morning time, the door of the house would be open and it would remain open all day. That was always a sign to someone passing that you are welcome to stop in. If by chance you came by and that door was closed, it simply meant they need privacy. It's no time to visit and so you come at another hour. But the midnight hour, there was a need that was so pressing, a need that was so urgent 
but he was willing to break protocol. He was willing to get out of the custom and the habit that he was normally used to. And he went and he knocked at a door. And even though he is rebuffed at the first knocking, because the hour is late and the door is shut, And the family is in bed. All of them legitimate reasons for the man inside the house not to stir himself. But I want you to understand that the emphasis is placed on what transpires. From that moment, that critical moment when nothing happened, when there was no response... It's what you and I do after we meet resistance. That is the key to our success or failure. It's how we respond when we knock and the door doesn't open. It's how we respond when we pray and the answer does not come directly back. It's the key to what we do when we go and we seek and we look but we do not find at first. It's what we do after the silence that matters. It's what we do after the contact that makes all the difference in the world. Answered prayers and fulfill needs hang in the balance of those who are willing to go a little further that will go a little extra. And while we were praying last night, God began to speak to me about the opportunities of this hour for Greater Life Church. And it is going to involve some importunity on our part. If we're going to realize what is possible in this midnight hour, you and I are going to have to shake ourselves and grind down to the real brass tacks of living and make up our mind that whatever the price, whatever the cost, whatever it takes, we are going to see revival and we are going to see a breakthrough. We are facing spiritual opposition right now, unparalleled in my lifetime. I don't remember facing some of the spirits that we have encountered over the last few months and the last year. But I am here tonight not to glorify those spirits, but I am here to magnify the church's opportunity. How are we going to respond to this hour? How are we going to respond to the needs that are surrounding this church right now? This is where the story shifts gears. And this is where the real teaching moment comes. Because the Lord goes on to tell him that I tell you even though the man inside will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet, I love that word. Every once in a while you stumble across it in Scripture and it is a transitional moment. It is a turnaround moment in in situations and stories and lives. Something was going this way yet this happened. And I've come to tell you tonight 
that there's got to be that same kind of pivotal moment for Greater Life Church. It was that yet that turned this thing. He knocked and there was no answer. He knocked and he didn't get the answer he desired. He knocked and there was no response to his need. But because the need was so pressing, it pushed him beyond the hour. It pushed him beyond the midnight time. He said, I have to have an answer. I've got to have an answer. And because of this man's sheer persistence, he will get up and give him whatsoever he needs. The emphasis of the story, Greater Light Church, is the importunity of the seeker. It is the sheer persistence. It is that spirit of boldness. It is that audacity to keep standing. It is that audacity to get up after you've been knocked down. It is that audacity to go back to your knees in prayer, even though the last time you prayed, it was met with silence. It is the audacity to go back to that door and knock on it again and say, Lord, here I am again. Here I am again. It is that shamelessness to come and stand before him and say, God, I need your help. We need a miracle. We need a sovereign move of God. And there is an opportunity for all of us in this hour if there is importunity in our spirit. The answer came because of his importunity. I wonder... What could be hanging in the balance tonight waiting on importunity to show up? I wonder what is hanging in the balance tonight because audacity is being called for. I wonder what is waiting and hanging in the balance until some boldness comes over us and we stand upon our feet and we square our shoulders and remember who we are and begin praying with the authority of the spirit that God has put in us. We are living in a midnight hour. There is no doubt. The hour calls forth that kind of action. Late or not, it must be done. And the need of this hour demands an answer. It is calling for somebody to break through. And the success of our prayer is conditioned by the disposition and the spirit of the person praying. That simply means that we pray and we keep on praying. We worship and we keep on worshiping. We sing and we keep on singing. We work and we keep on working. We knock and we keep on knocking. We ask and we keep on asking. We seek and we keep on seeking because it was his importunity that created his opportunity. Our response to these times will be the answer 
Amen. The answer that the world is looking for, our response to these times will create our opportunity for this hour. I remember reading years ago about the studies that were done of professional football players and in particular, they studied the great running backs of the league and those of history and they discovered something interesting about them. The, 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 what, what was the single significant difference between the good and the great? Those that were Hall of Famers and those that were just good, great running backs, but, but, but they never seemed to uh, make it to that elite group. And as they began to study the statistics about yards gained and how many rushing attempts and so forth, all of those were critical, but then they began to notice something. And it was how many yards a running back would gain after he had been hit. And they developed a term for it. It's called yak yards, Y-A-K, yards after or YC, yards after contact. And what they learned was that what separated the elite running backs from the average run of the mill was what happened after they were hit. It's what happened after they came up against resistance. I want to tell you something, Greater Life Church. I feel it in my spirit right now. We have run up against a resistance of darkness in this hour that's trying to push our church backward. And I've come to tell you tonight, it's time for some Holy Ghost-filled people to stand upon their feet and say, not in this house and not in my home and not not in my life. This midnight hour needs some people who are shamelessly standing before him. Shamelessly persistent people. People who have the audacity to keep on standing even though there is no answer to their knocking. People who even though a pandemic has changed our way of life It has not destroyed our faith in God. We stand here tonight to declare that he's still in control, that he still rules this universe, and he still orders the steps of the good man. This hour is crying for people whose prayers do not die out because the door does not open immediately. If you stand your ground, one translation says, the answer will come. We are craving that kind. I am craving that kind of spirit in my own life tonight. God, help me wrap myself with that spirit of importunity. If we stand our ground. I am fearful tonight that we are caving into far too many things. And there's going to be a point in time when we're going to look back and realize that was a mistake. We shouldn't have given that ground. I'm calling on Greater Life Church. The hour demands it. The need of the hour is so great. Our house was filled this morning even though we're in this unusual setting and we're in this unusual moment. We had 
a house full and we had many visitors, many people that are seeking and looking for something. We have many that are to be baptized this week, upward to 15 that we are going to be baptizing. We are praying this week it will happen, possibly even more uh, than, than that. Why? Because there's a stirring in our world. Our world realizes uh, that this world is in trouble and they're looking for an answer and the answer is within the spirit of the church it's within us tonight to know that this is our hour and this is our opportunity if we will meet it with importunity if we will cry out if we will go to our knees and stay on our knees knock and keep on knocking What I love about the concluding verses of that story is Jesus goes into telling them, Knock and it shall be opened. Seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be given. All of those words are in in the Greek text. They are in a progressive form, which means you knock and you keep on knocking. You ask and you keep on asking. Listen, we're not trying to overcome the reluctance of God. That's not what this story is about. This story is about a man and a need and what happens when that need gets a hold of him. Oh God, I pray that the need of this hour could really get a hold of us and it would stir us to such actions as this man that we will knock and we will keep knocking. We will ask and we will keep asking. We've been praying all week for these loved ones of ours in the hospital and we feel at times we feel overwhelmed by the news that the doctor gives us. But I've come to declare to you tonight, whatever the news is, I'm going to keep on knocking. Whatever the word of the hour may be, I'm going to keep on knocking. Whatever the situation, the crisis may be in this moment, I'm going to keep on asking. I'm going to keep on seeking because it is that that importunity that's going to create the opportunity of the hour in which we live. I pray that that statement will be etched deep into your spirit tonight. Our opportunity is in our importunity. How reluctant will we be or how persevering will we be? How hesitant will we be or how tenacious will we be? That we have the audacity to praise God anyway. That we have the audacity to worship Him anyway. That we have the audacity to go back to his throne and go back to our knees and go back to our community and go back to our work and go back to our neighbors and go back to our loved ones and knock again. Oh, listen to me, greater life. The opportunity of this hour is wrapped up in my importunity. How determined How hungry am I? How much has that need of the hour really gripped my soul? I have been asking God to stir me. And I know that when you start praying those kind of prayers, you better be ready. And I have have felt that. And my flesh is no different than anybody else's flesh. 
you know, there's a, there's a tiredness that comes over all of us. But I want to make sure that even in my tiredness, I'm still reaching, I'm still crying, I'm still asking, I'm still seeking because the need is great. The need of the hour demands that there be a church that has the importunity. They have the guts to keep standing. They have the tenacity to keep going. They have the wherewithal to get back on their feet and go again. They have the shamelessness, the sheer persistence of not giving up and never turning back. That's the word for tonight, the opportunity that is in our importunity. That's the real story of Luke chapter 11. And I pray that God will begin to speak to you as he has spoken to me. And that over this week, you're going to find yourself going back to that door. Going back to those knees. Going back to that Bible. Going back to that passage. Going back to that place and saying it again. God... Here we are. We've got to have an answer. We've got to have an answer. I've got a need. It's great. We've got to have an answer. I don't have the solution to it, but you have, Lord, and I'm asking you today to help us. Praise God. Father, tonight, I know that we are not accustomed to operating the way that we're having to operate in this moment. And Lord, I feel such an urgency. I pray that you will move into that room where they're sitting right now. And every heart, every family will begin to feel the tugging and the moving of your spirit. And they will realize that even as dark as it is, as wicked and vile and corrupt as this hour is, it is a great opportunity. Lord, that in this hour of darkness, there is still a need, a need that must be met. And there's got to be somebody, somebody, somewhere that has the shamelessness, the sheer persistence, the audacity to come back and pray again and cry out again and knock again until the answer comes. I pray your blessings upon this church family this week. Every day of this week, let it be touched by your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. We sure miss you. Look forward to seeing you this coming weekend. We will be online again Wednesday night. We look forward to you joining in for our Bible study. God bless you and have a great evening.